So uh, I understand this is the time in the service where the pastor says a prayer, and I don't know exactly if at the end of that prayer the tradition is to say the Lord's Prayer or not, so I'm seeing that it is. Okay, good. Um, and also, is the tradition to share some prayer concerns and joys throughout the week at this time, or do I just pray? Actually, I'm going to read the scripture, and then we'll pray together, okay? The scripture uh, for today comes from Matthew chapter 3, goes into Matthew chapter 4, and I put my notes right where I need to be reading. No, I didn't. Start with chapter 3, verse 13. This is the story of Jesus' baptism. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus said to him, Let it be so, for now it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Let's pray. God, this afternoon as we look at your word, we ask that you would inspire us. That you would give us courage and wisdom for interpretation. And that we would not just be hearers of your word, but we would be doers of your word. We come into this room, God, with Lots of anxiety, a new pastor, are we going to like this guy, are we going to dislike this guy? God, I have anxiety myself. Help us to set those things aside in this time, because this time belongs to you. To do with us what you would, so that when we walk out of these doors, we can continue to be used by you out there where ministry happens. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for guiding us. Thank you for the challenges that you bring into our lives as well. We pray now the prayer your son taught us to pray when asked how we ought to pray. He said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, here we are. Day one, first sermon I'll ever preach at this church. First time I'll ever get to say that. Last time I'll ever get to say that. And um, I just have to say I'm a little nervous 
Two weeks ago, I went to another church that some of my friends are going to, and I watched their pastor preach his first sermon and crash and burn. And I was like, oh, man, I'm going to offer that guy some grace in this moment because in two weeks, I hope I'm not doing the same thing. So uh, just relax. We're all okay. This is going to be good. Um, I'm so happy to be here. Um, just a brief moment before I start preaching. When I was in seminary, um, probably almost 10 years ago now, I remember watching Morningstar a little bit because when I was um, a student at NMSU, I came here one Sunday morning. I don't even remember who the pastor was. I lived on Mars Boulevard, just right off of Delray over there. And um, this was the closest church. And so I decided one Sunday morning to come to church here. And I came, the pastor came to my door uh, the next, uh, that afternoon actually, and gave me and my roommates a loaf of bread which I'm sure we devoured. I don't remember much about that. <laughs> but um, then uh, a year or so later, I went on a walk to Emmaus, and there was a community gathering here that I came to. And so I knew of this church, but I also knew of John Moore. And I knew the quality of pastor he was, and that he was here. And I heard through the grapevine that great things were happening at this church. And I thought, they can't leave John there that long. Maybe I'll get appointed to that church whenever he leaves. Well, Travis got appointed. And so over the years, I've just kind of been watching and listening and trying to find out what's going on for Morningstar because I, I promise you, this is a church that I've always thought, like, I think that would be a good place for my family. I think that would be a good church to be appointed to. In fact, uh, my dad retired April 1st of this past year, and for a year or two now, they've been talking about when they retire, moving here to Las Cruces because I have an older brother who lives here. And... You know, Methodist pastors, we move all over the place, but my brother's not going to, man. They, they love Las Cruces, and they're not leaving. And so my mom and dad were like, hey, at least as we get older, there'll be somebody in Las Cruces who can take care of us. We don't know where you'll be, and so we think we're moving to Las Cruces. And I said, y'all need to go to Morningstar. Not knowing that I would ever be the pastor here, I, I just, there's something about this church that has drawn me. And so I am honored to be here and to be your pastor I promise I'll do the best work that I can, and if I'm not, I'm sure you'll tell me. Because <laughs> that's how churches are, right? <laughs> okay, into the text. One of the greatest privileges of being a United Methodist pastor is you get to officiate during the times of sacramental moments. So a sacrament is a sacred moment. That's how the word translates. And in the United Methodist Church, we say baptism is a sacrament. And we say, anybody else know what the other one is? Communion. Communion is a sacrament. We have two. Now, we have other times that we think are very holy, like ordination and weddings and funerals. Those are all very sacred and holy moments. But in the Methodist church, we've kind of set aside these two moments as being sacraments. And a sacrament is a time that you can sort of pretty much guarantee that you will have an encounter with the risen Christ. In a real and tangible way. So, in a few weeks, when I get to officiate communion here for the very first time, I can tell you now that the moment, set that down for a moment, the moment that I pick up the bread and I hold it in the air and I break the bread and I say, This is the body of Christ broken for you, there will be a tangible presence of God. I hope you notice that I know I will, because every single time that happens for me. And the same happens in baptism. Every single time, and I don't know exactly when it's going to be, it happens at different moments and different baptisms, 
But there's this sinking in of the Holy Spirit that is almost overwhelming. So, for example, when I baptized Elise, my oldest daughter, we were in a hot tub at some people's house, and I lowered her down into the water, and her hair covered her face. And when I raised her up, started to raise her up, the hair moved away from her face, and I could see her looking up at me through the water. And it, I just felt it. I just felt God in that moment in a way that I'd never felt before. And when I baptized Emery, it was the moment that she placed her hand in mine. And I could feel her holding my hand as I lowered her down into the water. And when I raised her up, just the touch of her hand on mine brought the Holy Spirit in some way that I was not expecting. It was, it was life-changing. But it, you would expect that with your own children, right? When you're baptizing your own children. But I have this guy that I know named Rick Cavazos who was, uh, he, he is a recovering drug addict, has had a nasty opiate addiction for a long time. And I had the opportunity and privilege of baptizing him at this pool they call Jacob's Pool at Adeline Christian University. We didn't even ask permission, we just got into this pool. I think they literally <laughs> had just poured a ton of chlorine in it because I think my skin was burned when I got out there so much. But I grabbed that man, and he is big. He's taller than I am and probably outweighs me by 40 pounds. And I started lowering him into the water, and he kind of resisted, so I, I leaned on him. <laughs> I elbowed him down into the water to make sure he got in there. And when I raised him up, dripping, soaking wet, giant of a man with these huge arms just like leaned on me with all of his weight. And at that moment, the presence of God just hit me in that way. I could feel the weight of the holiness of God. A few weeks ago, I got to baptize my friend Everett, who's in second grade, about to be in second grade. And Everett's a little mischievous, and so you know there are these historic questions you ask that are like, do you promise to reject evil and oppression and all of its ways and all that kind of stuff? And so I made sure that he and I went and sat and had a talk over cupcakes and ice cream and all these sweets that I filled him full of before I took him home to make sure he knew what those questions were going to be. And, and I had rewritten them so he could understand them. Well, we go to that same pool at ACU, and he steps into the water and sits down on the edge of the pool instead of staying standing. And I said, all right. So I sat down next to him. And this little look in his eye was like, I may not answer these questions the way you thought. What are you going to do about that? And at that moment, the Holy Spirit was present. And it reminded me that God is playful. And is fun. And is like a child sometimes and expects us to be the same way. So we had this fun interaction. And then I baptized him and that water was cold and it was amazing. Baptism happens and these miracles happen in the midst of it. But here's the thing. The best part of a baptism for me is the time that I get to say, Elise, Joel, Whitaker, child of God. Emory, Nicole, Whitaker, child of God. Rick Cavazos, child of God. Everett Ray Rhodes, child of God. Because in the moment of our baptism, we are given an identity. The text tells us when Jesus was baptized, remember what happened? The Spirit of God descended, and, and he heard a voice say what? This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. 
when we are baptized, there is a tradition amongst most of all churches to say the words of the person's name and add on the new part of their name, which is child of God. We are no longer just Ross Gregory Whitaker. We become Ross, well, I became Ross Gregory Whitaker, child of God. When I was in third grade, I went, uh, my parents allowed my brother and I to be latchkey kids. Remember latchkey kids? For those of you who don't, that meant we carried a key around with us, and when we got home, we unlocked the latch. And I, don't, I didn't call it a latch, I called it a door, but we unlocked it and we went in. We were home by ourselves for a while. Mischief always occurred. That's probably why there aren't that many latchkey kids anymore. <laughs> but my parents were also free-range parents. That's a newer term that means like you just kind of let your kids roam around the neighborhood and you set some boundaries. and. Our boundaries were pretty far and pretty wide, and I always pressed the edges of those boundaries and uh, just kind of chose to hope I didn't get in trouble for it. Well, the church that I grew up going to was two blocks from the house I grew up in, and the school that I went to in elementary school was three blocks from my house, and that was kind of the edge of our boundaries. And one day, it was the summer before, or right after third grade, and I decided, you know, I think I want to get baptized. So I rode my bike to the church, never talked to my parents about this at all. Rode my bike to the church, took it inside to the foyer so it wouldn't get stolen, walked into the secretary's office, right past the secretary into Reverend Wilson Holman's office, sat down and said, Wilson, I want to get baptized. <laughs> we had some sort of discussion. I'm sure the secretary was wondering what was going on with this kid coming in from the neighborhood. And we sat down and we talked for a while and he picked up the phone and he called my mom. Now, you have to know something about me right now. When I was a kid, if an adult that was in some sort of authority position called my mom and said these words, hey, Brenda, I've got Ross here in the office with me. <laughs> You're laughing, she wasn't, and I probably wasn't when I got home. So I'm sure the anxiety level she had the moment that the preacher called and said, hey, Brenda, I've got Ross in the office with me was not great because he, she had gotten that call before because my brother and I we're free-range kids, and we played around the church, and so mischief happened. But he said, Ross is in the office, and he wants to get baptized, and he knows why. And we've talked about it. And this Sunday, if you're not going to be out of town, I'm going to baptize him. So that Sunday, at, on Blodgett Street, the corner of Blodgett and Walter, where Epworth United Methodist Church is, I knelt down at the altar rail, and Wilson Holman baptized me in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I would love to tell you that the Spirit descended like a dove. It didn't. I would love to tell you I remember some miraculous thing happening. I don't. But I know one thing that happened for sure. Water got on top of my head and drenched down the sides of my face and down the front of my face and onto my clothes. And when I stood up, he called me Ross Gregory Whitaker, child of God, because he recognized that God's first move in our lives is to give us our identity. God's first move is to give us our identity. I want to read something to you. You may have missed this, you may have not. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights. 
And afterwards, he was famished. That's no surprise. I think we would all be famished, right? The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God. God's first move is to give us our identity as a child of God. But I can promise you this. The tempter is always going to cause you to doubt that identity and always going to tempt you to choose to doubt that identity. If you are the Son of God, to Jesus of all people. When I was an athlete, one of the things I remember, or even in games, just playing board games, anything with strategy, if you can figure out your opponent's tendencies, you have an advantage. Our opponent wants us to doubt who we are. Who God says we are. And it happens like this. You set a goal. You fail. All of a sudden, that's your identity. So there was a period of time a few months ago where I thought my identity was Ross Gregory Whitaker, failed church planter. Because before I came here, I was planting a church that didn't, we didn't meet the goals that I had for it. And I felt like that was who I was, was a failed church planter. There are times that I'll lose my temper with my kids and say things that I regret and overreact about something really dumb. They can admit, they'll tell you right now, that happens pretty often. And I get really mad at myself. And I become Ross Gregory Whitaker, guy who's not a very good dad. Or I'll be a total jerk to Michelle. And I'm Ross Gregory Whitaker, terrible husband. Or I won't pay attention to what's happening to our house and our home financially, and I become Ross Gregory Whitaker, guy who mismanaged the finances for his family. Ross Gregory Whitaker, guy who got a speeding ticket when you couldn't afford to get it in the first place. Like anybody know what I'm talking about? You have those kind of experiences where you think that all of a sudden that's who you are. That's not who you are. You are a child of God, and nobody, anywhere, anytime is allowed to take that away from you. Paul wrote that the love of God is inseparable. No principality, no power, no government, nothing can take that away from us. We are children of God. Martin Luther, I know I'm a Methodist, I'm supposed to talk about John Wesley. But Martin Luther, <laughs> there's a story that goes like this. He was writing one day. And somebody was outside of the room that he was writing in, and they heard him yell and throw an ink pot across the room, and he yelled out, I am baptized. And when asked about it, he said, I am baptized. I am a child of God. It is so important for us to remember who we are. And there are things all around us that can remind us of who we are. But our baptism is one of those things that always we can recall. Whether we were nine months old when we were baptized or 99 years old when we were baptized, it is not a difficult thing to remember because guess what? There's water everywhere. Sometimes I will remember my baptism in moments of doubting my identity in God when I stick my head into the shower water to wash my hair. Sometimes we can remind ourselves of our baptism when we put our hands into the dishwater. Or when we're washing our hands after doing a task. 
or when we step into or over a puddle, or when we drive our vehicles through a puddle and it splashes up everywhere, or when we see a sprinkler watering a yard. Remember your baptism. Because it's in that that we find our identity. So, all of that to say this. I love baptizing people. It's kind of a goal of mine every week to get to baptize someone. Because in that, we get to see somebody receive their identity in God. And that changes everything. So I know we don't have a big tank up here this afternoon. But we do have that bowl in the shell. And I can pour it on your head if you want. Or I can splash some on you. But if you're here today, and you have not been baptized, when we're singing this last song, grab me. Because all of us will stay and celebrate with you in your baptism. And if you have been baptized, but you want to remember it anyway, you're free to walk up. There's water on the bowl in the middle of the altar there. And dip your hands into that water and remember your baptism. You can do it at any point. I'll be the last one to leave tonight, I think. And so, while we're out there eating, you can sneak in here and put your hands in the water. You can remember your baptism when you drink some cold water outside. May we always be people who are willing to shout out, I am baptized. Because it's from God that we find our identity. We are children.